Nate, that is the sound of March Madness. Woo! It is our favorite time of year. We missed out on it last year, but this year it's back and back with a vengeance as the Buckeyes are solidly placed as a two seed in the Baylor bracket. Mike, we have waited two whole years, 700 some days to hear those beautiful chimes. I can remember just a year ago, you know, thinking to myself, there's no possible way they're canceling the NCAA tournament. Um, yeah, sure. The big 10 tournaments canceled, but there, there's too much money on the line. There's no way. And then our worst dreams or our worst nightmares became reality. Uh, thankfully though, they're going to be playing basketball this year. They're bubbling up in Indianapolis and yeah, what a season for the Buckeyes, especially that big 10 tournament. Very impressed with the run that Dwayne Washington and company made. Yeah. And if I'm Ohio state, I must, you know, you gotta be so fatigued at this point, just the last like gauntlet that they've had in addition to playing four straight days in the big 10 tournament that also came off of, you know, Michigan and Illinois to round out the end of the regular season. So I think they're definitely going to have some much needed rest. Um, overall, I'm not really too sure what to make of the end of the season. The last time we podcasted, we both kind of thought they would go one and one against Iowa and Illinois. Obviously that didn't work out, but I think while they might have fallen short of our expectations at the end of the year, they probably, you know, superseded our expectations for the big 10 tournament. Cause I don't think either of us expected them to make it to the finals. I, I was probably expecting them to bow out against Purdue in all honesty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, that's such a good point. One that I hadn't considered what a run by this group. I mean, like you said, their last four games to play Michigan, Michigan state, Iowa, Illinois, then to play Minnesota, Purdue, Michigan, all three teams they had not beaten. They beat all of them. And then to, to really to get down big to an, a good Illinois team and fight back, this team is battle-tested. And I, I think that that goes a long ways in an NCAA tournament. Yeah, they're definitely mentally strong, too. And I think Chris Holtman is to, to thank for that. He's definitely, as you always said, Nate, he's done – more with less than any other team in the country. I think if you look at the other top eight teams, if you look at all the ones and twos and even three seeds too, you could definitely make an argument. We have the least talent among that group, but we've still managed to have a successful season and win some big games just because Chris Holtman's able to just squeeze every ounce out of what he has. And I don't want to sell any of those guys short, but you know, let's be real. We probably have like maybe the 20th most talented team in the country. So for us to finish in the inside the top seven in the AP poll, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. And I mean, you got to wonder if this team would have beat Illinois, would they have had a case for a one seed? I think they probably would have there against Michigan. Um, especially Michigan was the, the fourth one seed. Um, and, and you're right. I, it's just so impressive, especially they did a lot of this run without Kyle Young in the big 10 tournament, which I think is a, a big storyline. I think the, the biggest thing for me, Mike, is that Dwayne Washington has elevated himself to another level in four games in the big 10 tournament. He, he scored 92 points. Um, he had 30, I believe against Michigan. And so that's still averaging about 21 per game for the other three is is Dwayne Washington a guy who could go full on Kemba Shabazz Napier type 
on this NCAA tournament? We were having this discussion offline, and, and Nate, you made the you made that point, and I think initially I shrugged it off because I was like, well, Kemba Walker was really solid. You know, in his in that junior season, I believe it was, he averaged twenty five points, five rebounds, and five assists per game. In the tournament, he even took it to a whole other level. Um, and I think the difference is also that UConn team, even though they did end up winning a national title, I don't think as an entire team, they were as good as Ohio State, you know, so I think Kemba sort of elevated his team much more than Dwayne Washington did. And that was my premise. But then if you look at what happened in the Big Ten championship game, he was just pulling, he was, you know, channeling his inner Steph Curry, I felt like we were watching Davidson against Kansas. Uh, in the NCAA tournament because he was pulling up from, you know, NBA three-pointers. I think he finished the game with 33 points. I, I could be wrong about that, but it was definitely over 30. It was a career high for him. So, you know, he, he might have some Kemba in him, that's for sure. And it'll be interesting to see how this bracket plays out. Um, I think we do have a fairly easy road, we, which we can talk about, but uh, is it possible he gets us to the final four and is the most impressive t- player of the tournament? It's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, yeah, and I think the the big thing with a guy like him, uh, he he's come so far as a as a player overall. Um, he's way less streaky than he used to be, but he does still have flashes of of very hot and very and and can be somewhat cold. They're not quite as extreme, but when you get a guy like that making shots, he's playing with confidence. That can take a team a really long ways and I think he's playing with confidence I noticed on Sunday his he didn't have his legs early and so he was attacking the bucket um not just settling for jump shots and he was doing it effectively so I'm I'm excited to 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 see what happens with him but yeah Mike we should we should get into the bracket as a whole and kind of you know start breaking it down see what kind of chance the Buckeyes have and also you know who who our favorites are for this tournament. Yeah. Let's start with the Buckeyes and I guess we'll just talk about their bracket and more so the context of their path. So the first round they play Oral Roberts. I think that this matchup is a little bit similar to, I think we're we're bigger favorites than we were a few years ago, but I don't remember what year it was, but it was 2018, 2017 with Kata Bates Jop when our team, I think we were a five seed and we were going up against uh, South Dakota State with Mike Doan. Is that his name? Do I have all those facts right? You got to double check me on that. Because Oral Roberts, um, similar, you know, makeup of a team. They have the number one scorer in America, Max Albus, and they just – shoot the lights out. They just chuck from three. They shoot 39% from a team as a team and also are top 10 in the country in terms of three point field goal attempts. So that kind of scares me a little bit because the recipe for an upset is shoot a lot of threes and have a guy who can make a big shot late. I don't think we're going to run into trouble. We are 17 point favorites. And I think just as a team, we hold up better. But I got to be honest, that does kind of scare me because anything can happen if the opposing team, you know, takes 43s and makes half of them. Yeah, yeah, you you bring a great point. It, it feels like this game has the potential to be, you know, uh, a blowout. It could be a 40, 50-point game. But if Oral Roberts is hitting shots, uh, it could be more of a close game. And I think the biggest concern that I have is that the Buckeyes defensively have not been phenomenal this year. I actually thought they played better defensively in the Big Ten tournament. Um, they did give up 91 there to Illinois, but that was an overtime. It was the fourth game in four days. I think their legs were dead. Uh, but against Michigan, you know, they only go, I think, 66 points. 
Um, Purdue, also an overtime game, gave up, you know, I think somewhere in the mid-60s in regulation. So uh, I think that this team's gotten better defensively. And, uh, yeah, I, I think, though, that overall I've, I've got the Buckeyes winning that first-round matchup easily. I think so. And the one final point that I'll make is that Oral Roberts, while they do have the three-point ball that goes to their favor, defensively, according to Ken Palm, they are 285th out of 357 um, teams. So they're they're towards the bottom of the pack in defensive efficiency, which plays well because Ohio State is the number four uh, rated offensive team. So I think we're going to – we probably will crack 90 on them, and I think they're just going to try to turn this into a track meet and go full VMI on us and try to get this in the 100s and just try to shoot a lot. So we don't need to talk too much more about that. We play Florida and Virginia Tech, the winner of that game in the second round. They are the 7 and the 10. Yep. Does either of those opponents jump out to you as a potential scary round two matchup? You know, I really don't think so. I, I've picked Virginia Tech in my own personal bracket to win that game. I actually feel incredibly confident, kind of, this this whole lower bracket I think Ohio State had a very favorable draw um I think you know you look at Arkansas I think they're going to get tested against Colgate Colgate's a a pretty good team they haven't played a ton of games this year but only one loss and have done so impressively and and then Texas Tech I don't think is quite the level that they've been in years past and so I, I think that the Buckeyes rode to the elite eight in all honesty doesn't feel too difficult I you know I think maybe the first time that they could get tested really is the sweet 16 you know I don't want to jinx this team uh it's March anything can happen but what do you think I, I feel like our bottom half of the bracket is it, it doesn't look bad well I'm planting my flag here and in saying that I think we're going to get to the sweet 16 fairly easily at Florida Virginia Tech they don't scare me too much Virginia Tech has a rookie head coach uh, they, they're kind of like a grinded out team, just like you. I did predict Virginia Tech to beat Florida, but the next game against Arkansas or Texas Tech is scary to me because when you play the, you know, the opening round and then the Sweet 16 games, the final four games, those are the games that have five or six days of rest prior, and that's when coaching matters the most. And even though Chris Holtman is an amazing coach, and I love everything he's done, and I think he's a great X's and O's coach. I think Eric Musselman of Arkansas, you guys probably remember him, the must bus uh, from took Nevada to, I believe the sweet 16 or the elite eight. I don't remember off the top of my head a couple of years ago. And, um, and then Texas tech with Chris Beard, one of the up and coming coaches that made the national title game two years ago. So you have two really established coaches that will be going head on. So this sounds crazy, but I think Texas tech or Arkansas in the sweet 16 will be a more difficult matchup for us than Baylor. Yeah, you know, that's that's a great point. The I, Chris Beard is a phenomenal coach, and he's been, you know, he might be, uh, considering the talent that he gets, he might be the best coach in America right now. Um, I know Chris Holtman South, essentially. Right, Chris Holtman South, exactly. He's, he's very impressive, and he's going to, you know, the Big 12 has been a tough conference as well. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think what you're saying makes sense. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. What do you think of this bracket as a whole? You look at the South kind of a, as a conglomerate. You know, I, 
several Big Ten teams in this this bracket, the other two in the upper half. You know, Purdue does give me some concern. I think Villanova is not a great five seed uh, without Colin Gillespie. And then you got Baylor. Uh, you're probably going to get a Baylor or a Purdue in the Elite Eight if the Buckeyes are to make it that far. What do you think of the top half of the bracket and the bracket as, as a whole? Yeah, I think the bracket's kind of soft. I actually think Nova's going to lose their first round matchup. I think Gillespie being hurt for them is pretty huge. Purdue doesn't strike me as a super impressive four seed. I'm not a big believer in Baylor. In fact, I can even see Baylor getting bounced by UNC or Wisconsin. You know, there, there's a world where we, we see UNC in the Elite Eight. So I think that this bracket sets up well. Again, that Sweet 16 matchup kind of scares me a little bit, but I don't, it might just be the way college basketball is because I feel like it's kind of top heavy. I think the top 10 teams in the country are really solid. And then there's just not a whole lot of difference between teams 10 and 20 and teams 30 through 40. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, yeah, you put it very well there. I, I'm kind of with you. I think this whole bracket as a whole looks soft. And, and honestly, I think kind of the point you're making, I think the whole, tournament looks a little bit soft it, it kind of to me feels like the type of tournament where the first round is going to be really good because a lot of those 6 11 7 10 8 9 matchups are all really even um and then the the second round's not going to be that great because you're going to get these ones and twos and threes even playing not great uh bottom 11s 12s 13s that happens right yeah right and then you're gonna get a um maybe not a great sweet 16 either but then you'll have a phenomenal elite eight and a phenomenal uh final four in all honesty and and we'll get to this mike but i i have three one seeds and a, a two in my final four uh, and I, I don't really see another conceivable way. I, you know, it feels like this could be a year where you've got four one seeds in a final four. Uh, you're pulling a Jay Billis. I feel like every year he picks all one seeds. It's interesting with Baylor because Baylor was considered right up there with Gonzaga as one of the best teams in the country. And then they had, you know, a little bit of a dip. They had a COVID pause and then they lost to Oklahoma State in the Big 12 tournament um, by nine. And their defense just hasn't been the same since that pause. And I think that's kind of been the kryptonite to them, right? And if we could expose any, any team, it's, you know, we can get up and down the court offensively, you know, score with Dwayne Washington, beat him on the inside with EJ Liddell. So I feel like that's, that's potentially, uh, you know, really promising for us. And also, I don't believe in Scott Drew as a head coach, or at least as an X's and O's guy necessarily. Maybe I'm naive for doing so but I feel like he's had a lot of chances. He's been at Baylor since 2003. That's a long time, and he has not reached a Final Four, and he's had some decent teams. So I guess I'm just not a believer in Baylor uh, in general, but that is why I have the Ohio State Buckeyes coming out of that bracket. Um, wow, there you have it. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I don't think Baylor's playing as well as they have been, um, and I, I think the guards match up pretty well in that. Honestly, I wouldn't be – I picked Baylor out of this bracket. I did. I've, I've gone, like I said, a lot of chalk here. Um, but I, I wouldn't be shocked to see Purdue again for the fourth time. I, I think that they could be a tough matchup for Baylor just with their size in the middle. Um, you know, Baylor's got great guard play, and they're going to stretch Purdue a bunch. But I wouldn't be shocked to see Purdue in that Elite Eight – in an Elite Eight matchup either. Um 
Mike, why don't we move? Let's just stay on the right side of the bracket and move down to the to the Midwest. We don't have to talk quite as at length as we as we did about uh, Ohio State. But this is Illinois bracket. What do you what are you taking away? Do you have any upset specials? I, I know me personally. I thought that Houston as a two seed was just garbage. Yeah, I don't really get. I guess just because of Houston's record. Uh, either you know they're fourteen and three in the AAC, but AAC again pretty soft conference. Nate, you know how many top twenty-five teams Houston played all year long? Uh, one. That's my guess. Yeah, you're correct. They went one and zero, but only one game against top twenty-five teams. Who was it and even against? I'm not sure off the top of my head. Um, maybe you know Cincinnati's not the top. No, they played. I I don't know. I really don't know off the top of my head. Uh, versus Ohio State, who played 11, you know, so you're you're much more battle tested coming out of the Big Ten. I'm not going to leave anything up to surprise here. I'm going to say Illinois gets through. I think there could be a potential stumbling block in the Sweet 16 against Oklahoma State. I think Cade Cunnington, Cunningham is a fantastic player. And even the second round against Georgia Tech, I watched the full ACC championship game, not really sure why I did that. And Georgia Tech's scrappiness kind of impressed me, and I think they could cause Illinois problems. But I keep telling myself, Nate, if this Illinois team wore a different jersey, I think people would be giving them more respect, myself included. You know, if they were Kansas, I think they're just not getting the benefit of the doubt because a lot of casual basketball fan, and again, I'm grouping myself in this, uh, just isn't used to seeing Illinois good since the days of Luther Head. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. I, I like Illinois in this bracket as well. Um, and, and I love the idea of an Iowa DeSumo, Cade Cunningham matchup in the Sweet 16. I think that would be great for, for basketball. Um, I, have lo- I have a lot of upsets in this, this bracket. They may not – and that's the thing we talked about earlier. I don't even know if they feel like upsets, to be completely honest. I've got Georgia Tech over Loyola, Chicago. It sounds like you have that same pick. Um, I, I think I'm going to pick Oregon State over Tennessee. They just won the Pac-12 tournament. Um, Tennessee hasn't been playing well in a while. And then I also think that Syracuse is going to beat San Diego State, and I think Rutgers is probably going to beat Clemson. Um, so this this bracket, I think, is, is full of what you would call upsets, but uh, are they really upsets? I'm not sure. Did, let me ask you Nate, who do you have coming out of the bottom of the bracket? Because I don't love Houston. I don't love West Virginia. You know, I, I don't, I'm not in love with San Diego State either. I have no idea who to pick out of the bottom of the bracket. I was going to ask you the exact same question. I'm leaning West Virginia. Yeah. Uh, I'm not in love with them, but it, it's strictly looking at the matchups. I just don't, you know, I think Syracuse is good for, for one win. Um, honestly, I, I wouldn't be super shocked if you had a West Virginia Rutgers sweet 16 and could Rutgers pull an upset? I mean, Rutgers has beat Illinois this year. Rutgers has beat Purdue this year. Maybe. Yeah. You know, when in doubt, I'm tempted to go with the better coach and the team that's battle tested. I think that there's no doubt that Bob Huggins, Oh, granted, this is not a normal Bob Huggins team. He is not doing that, uh, you know, press Virginia anymore um, that he used to do. They, they def- they're, they're definitely a lot different. They don't have that manic defensive style, but I think he's the best coach in the bottom of the bracket. I think Jim Beheim, sure, like if you go based on the length of the career, is probably a better coach than Bob Huggins, but uh, I'm not picking Cubes even over San Diego State. So yeah, give me West Virginia to get at the bottom and then Illinois to beat West Virginia in the Elite Eight. Okay. 
Okay, I like that. I like that. Could Cleveland State beat Houston? Your thoughts? Uh, why not? No, I that that might be one of those that I just well look. I'm definitely going to pick Rutgers to go to the Sweet 16 uh, because why not? Um, you know, <laughs> uh, sometimes you just pick a team that you're gonna you know you like. Let's just say. I'm filling out my bracket. I'm like, I know I'm going to have Illinois, you know, at least to the, the final four. So why don't I just pick some upsets, you know, along the way? Because why not? You know, because you know you're going to pick Illinois anyway. Um, but I don't know. Do you, do you have your eye on Cleveland State? Have you watched a lot of Horizon League basketball? I cannot say that I've watched a single minute. Uh, but I, I'm with you. I just don't – I don't believe in this Houston team. And I – I think I've done that before, and I've paid the price for it. They've made some runs in the tournament before, but not not at all a believer in Houston. Including they beat us, right, last time we were in the tournament? I think they did, yeah. I think they, that's right. And, that, yeah, they, and I know they've had a, a few years back, they had a really good game with Michigan as well. I think they ended up losing it. But, um, yeah, Kelvin Sampson's got a program going down there. I'm sure Indiana – wishes they still had him and not Archie Miller who they just fired. <laughs> Nate, let's flip over to the West bracket and let's talk about the steam steamroller that is the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Woo. They're going to be tough to knock out. Uh I'm assuming you have them in the final four. I do. Yep. Yep, and I I don't really think they're going to be challenged. Um, I, I don't see them being challenged until an Iowa game, um, that I have in the elite eight. Again, I know I'm, it's, I'm chalky, but I have them playing Iowa. They beat Iowa once. I just don't think Iowa's that great of a team. I think that again, it's kind of what we've talked about over and over. I don't think Kansas is a great three seed. There's been times where Kansas has been unranked this year. Um, and so I, I don't, I don't even love uh Iowa either but I I do I think I think Gonzaga gets through to the final four and hey upset special right here I feel like a lot of people are picking it I said it from the second the bracket came out uh the Ohio Bobcats right here in Athens playing great basketball right now uh won every game in the MAC tournament by probably 20 points or at least were ahead by 20 points at one point or another I think they get through to the Sweet 16. They beat Virginia and Creighton, and then they get walloped by Gonzaga. So you, Okay, so you have them, and then you have Creighton advancing. That's interesting. I also had that upset. Uh, again, not really sure why I watched the MAC championship, especially with such a blowout, but I did. And uh, I was impressed by, by Ohio. And I think Virginia has some injuries, too, that they're dealing with. I also have UCSB beating Creighton there. Uh, Creighton. Okay. I, maybe I'm going way yeah, – this is uh, recency bias for me. But I also watched the Big East Championship, and Creighton got destroyed by, by uh, Georgetown. And I think that yeah. – and they also had that whole controversy with uh, Coach McDermott making some, you know, racial remarks, which a lot of the players didn't agree with, so um, – or call them out for. And that obviously didn't cause that, – that I'm sure that caused some rift in their locker room. So I have UCSB – going to the next round. And I also have Ohio going up against Gonzaga. Gonzaga doesn't need things to be this easy. And now they're going to have, they're going to be playing Ohio in the Sweet 16. Well, Illinois is going to have Cade Cunningham and Oklahoma State. That's crazy. Great point. Great point. I, I did want to ask, did you, if, if you did, did you pick USC through to the, to the 
second round against Kansas. Who'd you have winning that game? Um, let me see. I have a bracket pull up in front of me. I have Kansas winning that one, but I know USC does have a couple NBA guys, right? Like that could definitely be interesting. I wasn't sure who who to pick out of the bottom of the bracket. I had a similar dilemma as the Illinois bracket. I was like, oh, I'm definitely going to have Gonzaga going, but I have no idea who else to pick. Because quite frankly, I, I don't really believe in Iowa that much. No. Uh, so USC would be a really interesting matchup with Iowa because they have a couple of seven footers that can handle Garza on the inside. Uh, so maybe I'll have to rethink that. But as of now, I have chalk. I have Iowa beating Kansas to go to the uh, lead eight where I have Gonzaga beating Iowa. Yeah, if I'm being honest with you, I, I kind of – I feel like Iowa may only be a two seed because of Luca Garza. I, I'm with you. I don't know if I think they're a great team. I don't know if they've proven that they're a great team. So I, obviously going to be interesting to see, but – a good draw for, for them as well. Um, okay. So we both have Gonzaga, both have Illinois. You have Ohio state. I have Baylor. I have been all chalk, all one seeds. We go down to the East regional. Um, Michigan is the one seed. We got Alabama, the two Texas, the three Florida state, the four. What do you think about this bracket? I'm definitely going to rethink this. I filled out this bracket the day after I saw Georgetown put a whopping on Creighton. I also watched that Patrick inter- Patrick Ewing interview when he said, you know, they don't know who I am in this building. And that kind of made me laugh. And, and I, I basically put Georgetown irresponsibly in the Elite Eight, beating Michigan. So I'm probably going to go back and change that. But I don't know. I've heard some things that, like, you know, St. Bonaventure could give Michigan some problems. Um wasn't impressed with FSU in the ACC championship game. I have Alabama coming out of this bracket. I think just based on what you said before, you probably agree with me there, but they yep. really played well in a strangely competitive, you know, it's, it's the SEC is like hardly ever good at basketball. And in a year when Kentucky didn't even make the tournament, it's pretty crazy to think the SEC was one of the best conferences. Yeah. And, and I think, I'm with you. I picked Alabama onto the final four and I, I think it would look different. Um, I I'd obviously hate that team up North, but I think I'd be more inclined to pick them if they had Isaiah livers. I, that team is banged up. Eli Brooks is, is battling some nagging ankle injuries and um, livers. It sounds like a, they're calling it a stress reaction, which I think is probably some sort of stress fracture, probably not going to be able to play in the tournament. I think that drastically affects uh, Michigan. And and I'm with you, St. Bonaventure and LSU, those both feel like better than 8-9. You know, LSU took Alabama to the brink in the SEC championship game. I think they could give Michigan issues in the second round as well. Um, and and I think that, you know, the, the most fun kid to watch in this bracket might be James Booknight out of out of UConn Connecticut back in the tournament for the first time in a while and he could make it interesting with Alabama in a, in a second round um, but yeah kind of, again feels very chalky do you have any upsets here in this in this bracket Mike um, other than Georgetown I guess I got to watch the playing game but I'm thinking about putting Michigan State or UCLA um, assuming Michigan State beats UCLA, I'll probably have Michigan State beating BYU. 
I think you give Tom Izzo some momentum after winning that first game, it's going to be tough to, to stop, especially I think BYU might be a little bit hungover from a week. They're going to be rusty, number one, because they're not going to have played in 10 days. And also they thought they had Gonzaga. They thought they were going to pull a monumental upset and they ended up blowing it in the second half. And I think that could be somewhat distracting for them. But all in all, that probably doesn't matter because I think Alabama might have the easiest route to the Elite Eight. Um, Alabama might have the easiest route to the Final Four, even more easier than Ohio State if you compare it to all the other two seeds. Right, right. Yeah, of the two seeds, I think you're right. I think that that you're right. I Yeah, I think most of these LSU is on upset alert, Colorado, Florida State. I, I think Michigan State, UCLA winners – beaten BYU a lot of upset potential in that bracket it's going to be interesting Uh, could we get a repeat of 2007 where we played Florida in the national championship in both football and basketball and lost them both to Alabama (laughs) (laughs) I hope we don't lose them both but it it feels possible it definitely feels possible so your final four is Gonzaga, Alabama, Ohio State, Illinois. What is your championship, and who do you got as your champion? It's pretty boring, but I'm going to say Gonzaga wins their matchup. I'm going to say Illinois beats us for – would that be the fourth time this season? I think the third um, time. Third we time of the tenth season. A full sweep, or almost a full sweep. Yes, well, three and one against them. And then Gonzaga uh, would be beating Illinois in my bracket to take home the championship, 32-0, most impressive undefeated season since 1976, and they deserve it. It's been a long, long time since, um, you know, Mark Fuse had all these competitive seasons. I feel like Gonzaga never gets respect by the tournament committee. They always are underseated. They always deserved a one or a two and got a three or a four, and uh, it's just about time they get a championship. Yeah. Yep, I feels very similar. I've got Gonzaga beating Alabama. I've got Illinois beating Baylor, and I've got Gonzaga winning it all. I think this is a team, kind of like you said, they're on a mission. Uh, They've been the best team all year, but I think they have something to prove that they are – they're a big dog, um, and they they should be there. And so I think Gonzaga wins – uh, a national championship and what uh, I think will be a really fun game, you know, with um, Kofi Coburn and Io DeSumo and Curbelo and uh, Timmy and Kispert and Suggs, all those guys should be a lot of fun. Yeah, that would be a heck of a game to watch. I, I remember the Gonzaga UNC national championship game. That was pretty awesome to watch as well. Nate, what are, I would say like the three things that you think Ohio state needs to do to turn what could be an Elite Eight run, Sweet 16 run, um, breakthrough. I, I don't think we've actually been to the Elite Eight since, what was it, the year that we lost to Wichita State? I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 2013 maybe. Yeah, so it's been a while. I mean, we were in college last time that happened. So I'll ask you that, Nate. What are the three things that Ohio State needs to do to break through that barrier and get to the Elite Eight and then eventually get to a Final Four for the first time since 2011? Yeah, I I think that three things to look at. Number one, this may sound cliche, but I think it's health. Uh, This this team has to be healthy. We need a healthy Kyle Young uh, to make a, a deep run. And it's not just him, you know, it's it's Musa Jallo not being banged up and CJ Walker not being banged up and 
so I think health is, is a huge priority for this team. I think number two, I'm going to say that the Buckeyes need Dwayne Washington to average 17 to 18 points a night um, and to, to do it efficiently. So I, I think that's number two. And number three, I'm going to say this team has to be able to, to, to defend and hold teams under 70 points. If they can't do those three things, I, I don't think that they're going to be able to make it to a to a Final Four. But if they do, I, I think anything's possible. Yeah, I'll add to that with one other thing. Like, cut out the careless turnovers. We nearly choked away. Yes. Three, I, I guess we did we didn't really choke away a lead against Illinois. We're winning by two at one point late in the game. But point being, we had leads with three or four minutes to go in every game in the big 10 tournament that evaporated because of careless turnovers. And I don't know if it's an energy thing towards the end of the game, if Chris Holtman's playing too short of a bench, maybe they were just fatigued because it was the big 10 tournament. You're playing back to back to back to back nights, but you have these situations where EJ Liddell is like dribbling it off of his shoe, just assuming he's like throwing it away on, on a skip pass that never should have been thrown in the first place. So I think we got to take care of the basketball uh, first and foremost. And Baylor is a team built on defense. If we meet them in the Elite Eight and we're able to penetrate and drive in and, and play good on in the inside with EJ Liddell and take care of the ball and make threes on the outside, it's a recipe for success. I, I don't think they will be able to necessarily expose our defensive weaknesses. So I think that's going to be the most important thing. And I, I actually do really feel good about this team. I've been hot and cold with them all year long, but I, I'm not just picking them in the final four because I think, you know, I, I we went to Ohio state and we love the team. I'm, I'm truly, truly believe that I think they can make it. And I think they will. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And Mike, if you have to, um, it seems like the Buckeyes have the most success when you, doubt them and and pick them to lose so if we need to switch and you think that they're going to lose every game we can make that switch that's not a big deal that ship might have sailed with the national championship game because i predicted an alabama block ah. that, that came through so now you know the the card has switched back over where the we got the old reverse card in uno so now i'm back on the path of predicting them to do well and and being optimistic about them but we'll see how that plays out there we go there we go uh, to, to close the show out, we, we thought it would be fun. Uh, Mike had this great idea just to go over kind of our top five March Madness memories or moments. Um, so, Mike, do you want to do you want to kick that off? Uh, are we doing, uh, you know, just a, a give all five at one time? Are we doing an order? Do you want to go back and forth? What are you thinking? Yeah, we could pass the basketball back and forth and, and okay. start us off. These aren't necessarily Ohio State. These are not these are also not necessarily good things. You know, they could just be memorable things, but these are the five things, at least to to me and Nate, that when you think of March Madness in through the time that we've followed it, and I would say that we followed it probably like full-fledged as diehard fans since what, like 2004-ish, like 2003. Uh, I, I remember probably the North Carolina Illinois national championship game was the first game. No, that's not true. I'd say 2004 because that's like when Duke got knocked out. And I remember um, actually just Nate, a funny story. I'll take two seconds. So my mom made me go on the school field trip um, and I missed March madness as a result. And I was like an obsessive Duke fan at the time. 
they uh, this is when they had JJ Redick. It was JJ Redick's senior year, and they were playing LSU in the Sweet 16. And I was trying to record the game with a VCR because we didn't have TiVo back in those days. And I was I didn't know what happened at all. Um, I went on this school field trip to you know I, don't know, I was like upstate New York, and I was trying to block out that of uh, any any you know results from the game and then one of the teachers I just overheard them talking saying oh I can't believe LSU beat Duke and then I got off the bus and I started crying to my mom that she made me go on a field trip and I missed JJ Reddick's last game uh, <laughs> that is brutal <laughs> yeah she was like oh so happy to see you I uh, didn't see you for a couple of days you were I was like oh mom I hate you like I missed JJ Reddick's last game <laughs> for some um, lame field trip for some lame field trip. Yeah. So no, but no particular order. Uh, one thing that definitely stands out for me, George Mason beating UConn. I believe this was in 2006, yeah. uh, but they were an 11 seed first time a double digit seed got to the final four. It was just an unbelievable run. Obviously it's happened multiple times since with Loyola and VCU. But I think when you think of March Madness, Cinderella is George Mason is the first one that comes to mind. Love it. Love it. Great. That's a great one. Um, I'm going to go same kind of deal, Cinderella story, uh, and I'm going to take Butler in 2010. Uh, made it all the way to the championship, played that Duke team with John Shire and Nolan Smith and, and so many others, Gordon Hayward, Matt Howard, Ronald Norad, uh, Willie Beasley on that Butler team. Uh, and I can remember staying up to watch the end of it and seeing Gordon Hayward heave a last second shot from half court that rimmed out. Um, what a run for that Butler team. That was, I, I thought that was exciting because it felt like this is a, a mid-major there in the Horizon League at the time that is actually competing with the best of the best. And that was also in Indianapolis too. I think if that shot goes in by Gordon Hayward, that might be the greatest moment in the history of sports. <laughs> I, was say, I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, they would immediately sign like a Disney contract to to make a you know, and and the Rock is the coach, you know, the Rock is Brad Stevens or somebody like that. I don't know, but it would just be like awesome. Uh, yeah, that would have been cool. And I was I was even rooting for Duke at the time. Um, next one I'll say is this was just a random game. I think it was 2010, Kansas State against Xavier in double overtime. This is like the Jordan Crawford game. It was a sweet, uh, yeah, it was a Sweet 16 matchup. Um, number six versus number two. It was like one of those late night games. It went into double overtime. And if you have a couple minutes, look up Xavier, Kansas State highlights. Gus Johnson was announcing, we love Gus Johnson. And it was just electric. Uh, one of my favorite, favorite moments. And it, it's like the definition of March. Yeah, uh, it's that one is absolutely phenomenal. Um, I would have it I would have it on my own as well, but I, for the sake of good podcasting, I want to try and give us 10, 10 total good moments. So I'm going to throw it back to 2005 um, and, and go to an elite eight game in Chicago. I can still remember it being played on DePaul's court between Illinois and Arizona. This is the legendary oh, Illinois yeah. team, Darren Williams, Luther head, D Brown. Um, they're down 15 with just over four minutes to play to Arizona, Salim Stoudemire, maybe that name rings a bell. Uh, Illinois comes all the way back, takes it to overtime and wins 90 to 89, uh, sending them to the final four. And ultimately, you know, they lost North Carolina, but what a ball game. 
That's a good one. Uh, that's a really good one. I'll go another kind of great announcing matchup. This is in the second round. I'm, I'm guessing years here, but I think it was 2011. Um, Ali Farouk Manesh and Northern Iowa, they were played Kansas. Kansas was the number one overall seed. Northern Iowa was a nine seed. This is a crazy upset, but with 30 seconds left, Northern Iowa had the ball. I think there was like a five second difference between the shot clock and game clock and Farouk Manesh was open for three. And instead of pulling the ball out and trying to wind down the clock, just total heat check, drilled the three dagger right in the eye of Kansas and Northern Iowa went on to win. Um, I think they ended up winning by six or seven, but a pretty big Cinderella story there. Love that one. Love that one. I'm, I'm going to go back to the Cinderella story. Um, I, this day still stands out to me. Um, I think Mike, we were on spring break from Ohio state. I was back home. Uh, me and my dad had gone to Bowling Green State University to watch some local high school, uh, probably like regional championship games. Um, we had some friends playing there. And during that time, 15 seed Norfolk State upset oh, yeah. Missouri. And then I can remember me and my dad going to beat ups after that game and watching Lehigh beat Duke. They happened on the same day, 215. Yeah, CJ McCollum taking down. Uh, Austin Rivers and company. Um, so that one really sticks out to me. I think on that uh, Norfolk State team was Kyle O'Quinn. He had like 27 and 15 or something. Um, so that that day, I mean, two 15 seeds winning, that's crazy. Yeah, Missouri, had, they had the Pressy brothers, right? Yeah, the Pressy brothers. That's exactly right. Yeah, vaguely remember that. This one, Nate, we were both on the wrong side of this one, but let's go back to UCLA Gonzaga. We were both rooting. Uh, you were a bigger Adam Morrison fan than me, as evidenced by the fact that your email was Zach's fan. Um, but oh, yeah, but, baby. Uh, they had a 21 point lead in the second half to UCLA. UCLA came all the way back. Um, I don't think it was Morrison that turned it over again. I, th I think at the end, like Batista threw it away. Um, shoot, I forgot the guy's name on UCLA with like the. Uh, the Nigerian guy. Uh, I forgot his name, but anyway. Uh, I, I can't. I know who you're talking about. I can't Luke Richard, um, uh, Mute. Yeah, that it. That's it. Yeah, so he he laid it in to give UCLA the lead. And then Gus Johnson was also calling this one. He's like, Rabio, last chance to dance. <laughs> oh, he gave it away. And then Adam Morrison was crying. And um, that was just a sad way for, for Gonzaga to go out in the Sweet 16. Yeah, that's that's a great one. Um, that one hurt though. I had like Gonzaga team, like uh, glued and taped all over my bedroom. I loved Adam <laughs> Morrison. Um, I, I hope I'm not stealing this one from you. I think you have one left and I have two left. Uh, I'm going to pick 2018 Virginia losing to UMBC. I mean, it crushed my bracket. I think I picked Virginia to win it all. So right from the start, my bracket meant literally nothing. Um, but this game was just unbelievable because it wasn't a squeaker. It wasn't an overtime game at UMBC kind of dominated the entire game. They won by 20 points. Um, and, and, you know, it, I, it felt like it ruined the tournament a little bit because one of the best teams is gone, but still what a cool moment uh, to, to see that happen, to see a one seed lose in the first round. Yeah, I remember like always thinking like when a 16 seed beats a one seed, it's going to be amazing. And it kind of wasn't like Virginia just kind of sucked. Like it wasn't yeah. like 
I, I had this storybook image where like, oh, they're going to hit a half court shot as time expires and it's going to be the most amazing thing. And then they just kind of like bowed out against Kansas state in the next round. And it was kind of like totally that. wasn't that at all. Yeah. You're exactly right. Yeah. So I, but I am going to use another first round upset for my last one. I think this last one kind of like embodies the spirit of March. And that is those like four, 13, five, 12, three, 14 upsets. I believe this is actually Baylor that uh, came at the other end of this upset, but RJ Hunter for Georgia state. Oh yeah. Um, they also had Kevin Ware, who transferred from Louisville. Kevin Ware, you might remember him. He broke his leg in the title game. It was really, really bad. Yeah, injury. destroyed that thing. Yeah, and um, R.J. Hunter's dad, Ron Hunter, was the coach. He had, like, a boot. I think he had some kind of Achilles injury, and he basically, like, fell off of his chair when R.J. Hunter hit the shot to give Georgia State the lead at the very end. But those last-second threes where everyone in the crowd's just going crazy and the team's, like, hugging everyone, that is – uh, in my mind, like what I think of with March Madness. So, and, and also the whole coach's son deal. So that, that was just a, uh, that was a great story. On the heels of that, I'm going to give you uh, what I think is the greatest moment in NCAA tournament history. And that's, I wasn't rooting for them. I didn't pick them, but that was Chris Jenkins shot. I mean, he, it, he, he had every little kid's dream. He hit the three as time expired to win a national championship. I mean, the most cold-blooded shot I've ever seen. I can still remember uh, the cameras panning to uh, Jay Wright, and he just kind of had a face of disbelief um, that, that Jenkins had really hit that shot. If you remember before that, Marcus Page had hit a, like a double-clutch one-handed oh, yeah, I remember that. bank shot or something that went in. Uh, to tie it and then Jenkins won the game um, and then I just for fun wanted to give a quick little shout out this is not like a fun memory that I remember um, but one that I think back on and, and think is really cool I don't know if you remember back in 2010 Deshaun Butler is probably the best player maybe in the tournament um, was on West Virginia and in their elite eight game I believe against Duke he tore his ACL and he's just on the ground um, and, and Bob Huggins, the coach of, of West Virginia, known to be kind of a tough guy, was just over there crying with them and holding them. And uh, it, it was I just felt like that was a special moment to see Coach Huggins acting in that in that type of way. Especially, too, because he, he, he never went on to play the M in the NBA, as far as I know. So that's the kind of guy who's a four year college player. And kind of embodies the the best thing about college basketball. Like, and I think we're going to move in that direction now that players can go pro if they want from high school or at least enter the G League. I think you're going to have more people go to college and stay in college. You're going to have more like four year, um, four year players, which is I think why Ohio State's been a lot of fun to root for. We know these guys. You know, it's not just a series of one and dones. And it feels like the pendulum is swinging back towards having less of these one, one and dones. And I think that's going to be huge for college basketball. And we could be going back to the golden ages back when Paul Harris had his baggy shorts. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I am so excited for this, this tournament. I think, you know, like we talked about potential for great first round matchups. And I think this, the 16 and on is just going to be, uh, outstanding. So uh, looking forward to it. Uh, obviously, if the Buckeyes make a deep run, um, we'll be sure to get back on the airwaves and talk about 
their run. And, and if not, hopefully in the coming weeks, we can get on here and, and talk about Ohio State football and the start of spring practice. Yeah, it'll be a quick transition either way. Um, we, we won't like waste any time with it. You mean um, a quick transition to the baseball team, right? Exactly. And wrestling. I think we're also going to have hockey, the Frozen Force coming up as well. 